0: And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland.
1: Buddy, welcome back to Canada Hoops. It's your boy Matty. Appreciate you being here. This is a special episode. Uh, I'm out of quarantine and isolation. I feel good. I'm getting stronger. And it should be noted that when I talked to Javon, I was in quarantine and isolating from testing positive for COVID-19. So with that being said, I hope you're staying safe, taking care of yourself and your friends and family, and staying healthy. Don't forget to follow Canada Hoops Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram and download us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining me now on Canada Hoops, he's a former West Hill collegiate warrior, Michigan Wolverine, a veteran of Canada basketball, a host on the Jim Rats and Joints Podcast and the newly hired general manager of the Ottawa Blackjacks, and the C-E-B-L. He is Mr. Javon Shepard. Shep, how you doing today, man?
0: I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you?
1: I'm good. I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. I was excited to sit down and chat with you and, and go over your journey, man.
0: I got to thank you for having me, man. You're you're legend. So no, now, man, I've, I've made it in life.
1: Hey, we're, we're getting going. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I straight up, I enjoy chatting everyone that's uh, made an impact on the game in the country and continues to to grow the game and anyone that's been a, a big part of the community, you know, it's, it's special, man.
0: Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Especially when, you know, when you get to see how far the game has grown in Canada, how, you know, how the players are developing and the success that they're having. One on, you know, the the national stage that the NBA level, the highest level, right. as well as, you know, this year having the most amount of Canadians ever. Um, in the NCAA so that you know it goes without saying and just to be a part of that you know with people like yourself myself and so forth um, you know you definitely need to take some some ownership and, and applaud yourself for that as well right just being a part of that process so um, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see it's beautiful to see and a lot of a lot more opportunities for the generations to come so it's it's you know a great time to be involved and, and you know the growth of the game is just going to continue to to keep going.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can say that any better, Shep. You hit it on the head, man. It's a special time in the country. Um, listen, I like to ask everybody when when I start right now, given the pandemic, you know, how are you doing, how your family's doing, and everyone's staying safe right now?
0: You know what? Everybody's well. You know, fortunately, my family's been healthy. Uh, myself, I've been healthy. So I, I know at this time, this is, this is all that we can really ask for. Right. Um, and just, you know, em- embrace the time, embrace the stillness. I should say, um, you know, right. ob- obviously we're in unprecedented times. Um, it looks like there's some light at the end of the tunnel, but I think when you're looking at, you know, what we've dealt with for the last, you know, almost a year now, um, you have to try and take some positives from it. And I think this allowed us everybody to decompress a bit as well as have a lot of family time and just, you know, understand what we want to do for the next, the next couple of years and, then re- refocus, restructure. Right. Um, So I think if there's any positive to take from that, it's it's definitely that. And obviously for, for many families, it's been an unfortunate time. I know in in Canada alone, there's been 12,000 deaths, um, you know, so it's it's obviously been very impactful and in a negative way. Um, but I I always try and find a positive in, in every situation. So it's allowed us to really decompress and, and, you know, just refocus.
1: No, that's good. And, uh, yeah, it is tough. And, uh, you know, this is uh, a bit of a special conversation in an episode. Um, I'm quarantining myself right now from my family. Um, I, I tested positive for COVID on Friday, mm-hmm. um, and we had a major outbreak at work. So it was sort of inevitable, but uh, we're, we're, we're surviving, and we're fortunate. We have a lot of friends to help us out, and uh, Great. You know, I, I feel good. I, I don't really have any symptoms, and, you know, I just... Kind of doing my part, I guess, to uh, keep my family safe, and uh, right. my wife, my wife and my daughter have the rest of the house, and uh, yeah. we we roll on, man. We roll on. That's all we for sure, yeah, for sure. Um, let's get into you know your passion, man, and and how the game grabbed a hold of you, and how your journey in that game started. You know, did you always gravitate to hoops first, or did you play other sports as well?
0: You know what? I actually started out playing football. I had an uncle. Uh, that was, you know, played for the national team as well uh, for f- football. And, you know, that was that was a first love because I, you know, I was, I was seeing the older guys play and I wanted to be a part of that. And then, you know, slowly transitioned to basketball because those same o- older guys, my uncle and his friends, would always be at the parks playing or outside playing. So I was just a little kid on the side just really looking on to see and just wanted to be a part of that. And then, you know, slowly but surely – um, you know, I got my opportunities to, you know, fill in for if they had nine guys and they needed one more to make ten, or if they wanted to play three on three and there was only five guys. But of course I was just really there as a to pass the the basketball and just get knocked over. So um no, that that and I think that passion developed from there, um and just always wanting more, like wondering why I can't play with the big with the big boys and, and so forth. Right. And that love, that passionate that desire to to want more and 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 you know uh, achieve more so i think started started there
1: that's cool so uh you know you're a young hooper you're in in toronto scarborough um you know who did you who did you idolize man who's who did you look up to whose game would you're like man i love that guy and you know who was a young chef trying to be like
0: it's it's funny you say that because I was so unaware, I was so oblivious that I just wanted to play, I just wanted to play, I just wanted to compete, I just wanted to be the man. Like I, anywhere I played at that point when I was that young and that tender. And I remember, you know, Miss Nardia when I went to Don Valley Junior High School, she had I I, I didn't we, my family didn't really have as much as you know some of the other students in the school or whatever, and she had right. um, granted me this. Scholarship to go to attend Vince Carter's uh, camp, and from there I, you know, I went on and performed really well there, and and then I got got some eyes on me from you know I, it was Wayne Dawkins and Roy Russell at the time, yeah. who you know really schooled me on the landscape of of basketball in Canada because I didn't know I was just a young raw talented kid, but I didn't have a clue as to you know. Who was what, what the club teams were, what the club scene was, um, and what my potential could could potentially be or what my ceiling could potentially be. So I I was just really enjoying the game. And, you know, I, I then got to understand it a bit and be like, oh, hey, I could potentially be something here. Uh, and then i was introduced to i ended up going to west hill collegiate and they'd introduced me to before i even went there introduced me to denim brown who was at the time the number one player in canada as well as ranked nationally um i had no clue at the time who this was you know but we you know we really built a, and grew a big bond we, you know we spent lots of hours in the gyms to get in gyms together right. uh, honing our craft and i think you know, if, I, if I'm going to be completely transparent, that was the first person that showed me or, or I would idolize in a sense, because I think it was more this person shared the same passion as me for this game. And, you know, this person worked as hard as I did or, or wanted to, because at that time, you know, denim was a big part of, of showing me how to work hard like and, and right. what that meant. Right. And then, I, you know, I, I got to see and experience his, his peak and, you know, Jim Calhoun come to gyms, Rick Majerus and so forth coming to recruit him. And I wanted that for myself, right? Okay. I think that played a big part. I mean, you know, at the time, I think there's there impact and there's influence. I think the 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 Toronto Raptors were a big impact. I mean, you know, when, when I have Vince Carter, when I go and watch a, a basketball game and Vince Carter's dunking and the whole gym is, is you know, the whole nation's going crazy for Vince Carter, that's impactful. Right. But at the same time, you know those Damon Stoudemire, Vince Carter's, Tracy McGrady's for us at the time, those were still mythical characters, right? We we're young; they, were, they weren't within reach. So, um, as we got older, obviously that bridge was was merged a bit, and then you know we were able to build some relationships with those, get on those inner circles. And right. but I think from the grassroots levels, um, you know the guys like Denham were big for me. Um, who else? Uh, Jermaine Anderson was huge. Yeah. Uh, Phil Dixon was was huge and, and so forth. So I, I always pay respects to those guys as much as I do, you know, the, the NBA, the Raptors and the NBA and impact that had just because it was it was in front of me. It was attainable. And I, I seen what, you know, one step, one more step could do for me. Um And at that time, it was it was, you know, getting a scholarship. Right, And those guys were, were taking that path and I seen it. So that that made that believable. So hopefully, you know, I was able to make a, uh, make that step more believable for the generations to come after me and even more, which we're seeing today.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought up Denim there, uh, Shep, and then also even Jermaine uh, Anderson there. Everyone calls him Rock. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because I think that's a good point you bring up, just because it's so good to see people mention those influences right in their neighborhood, in their community that people can associate with right away. Maybe, you know, cause the NBA guys, you know, sometimes that's mythical, like you said, and, and denim is man. I, I, you know, I remember getting wind of them being across the country and saying like, man, let's to drop to 111 in a game. And while well, some I people said a on hundred
0: whole game, sorry, I said, I sat on that bench the whole game. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know what I mean? And like, um, he was just a legend across the country and, uh, you know, and then Jermaine put in a lot of work for team Canada. So, you know, I think it's great. You bring those guys up and um, I just kind of want to get in real quick about your, your time at West Hills, because that's a, you know, it's a, it's a powerhouse story school in the GTA. And then, you know, your rivalry with uh, Eastern commerce at the time. Um, do you look at your time there as like, you know, you're one of those guys that really kind of pushed the game further, even right away in high school where you're, you know, you're creating a lot more exposure for yourself and others too. Cause that was a time in Canada where, you know, more coaches were coming here to look at guys and, you know, you were highly recruited and sought after and you're at Nike all Canada and you were pound for pound to me at the time. Yeah. You were, you know, maybe the top guy in the country and, you know, is that a, a point where you say, yeah, I, that's right away. Uh, I'm pushing the game right from there.
0: I think, you know, th- it's, a, it contributes to it. Um, I do have to pay, you know, a lot of respects to everyone that had come before, as well as there was a lot of coaches that had been, you know, fighting and, and clawing for, for, you know, schools to come across north of the border to really see the talent that's over here. Um, even, you know, a guy like Mark Bain from out of Montreal, it's, you know, Nike is a rep representative for Nike. You know, seen the talent for eons and eons of years, and I think you know my role in it was you know just a small, just a fragment. And I, I think you know there's a lot of people that should be um, respected and, and, and commended for for their part as well. I think at my time, myself and a guy like Ryan Wright, um, you know, a lot of schools were were coming up north of the board to see what we were doing and what all this hype was about. And, and, you know, we played our part. Right. Uh, I think that just helped, you know, lay some foundation, continue to lay some foundation. Uh, but I think, you know, we also took our our bumps and our bruises. Uh, I think, I, I think athletically, physically we were, we were ready to play, but mentally we didn't have that capacity at the time to have the success that, you know, some of the kids do, do today. And I think, you know, where, uh, we can take some credit is for our quote unquote fa- failures and, and just showing how to be better prepared, you know, going into division one systems and, and so forth. And I think a lot of kids are today so that their true talents can rise to the top. And then you, you know, you're getting some of these one and done guys, um, Shay Giggers Alexander, and, right. and, you know, Nikhil, a two year guy. And then a lot of these guys, Corey, you know, in school for a year, Tristan went to school for a year right. um, so, you know, physically from net down, we were always capable of competing. I think that the missing component was one, the support systems and just understanding, you know, the collegiate the division one system and, and you know the, the politics that go in there as well as just the, the structure, the nature of the business. It's you know, it amateur sports, and NCAA likes to call it, but it is it is a professional sport. And, and I don't think we had that understanding or not just the players but the support system of the players. So I think, you know, everybody's grown, everybody's learned, and that takes precedence. And I think it, it's it's great to see because now now everything's coming to fruition and then guys are being able to be successful.
1: Wow. I mean, um, you know, you're, you've are you had a lot of time to think about it, man. I think, um, you know, you deserve credit. So, you know, we appreciate you, uh, you know, helping make a, an impact for sure that way. Appreciate Shep, it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, your exposure is growing, and your game is growing at West Hills. Um, talk about your recruitment and your options, and you know, what were you looking at for uh, scholarships and offers? And I know, uh, you know, you're, you're you're celebrating Michigan Wolverine, but you know, what was that recruitment process like for you, man? Was it a lot at the time?
0: It's it's funny you say that because I was just having this conversation with I believe it was Jermaine Anderson the other day. And I was just young and naive. I didn't really have the support system or the, you know, that had the knowledge they needed to, to help make a decision, um, which could have played part in, into, you know, why I chose Michigan just being, you know, great institution, great school athletically and academically. Right. But my sole basis at the time was because it's close to home. Right. You know, at the time I was recruited by every school um, across the nation. I think my, my final four schools came down to Kansas, uh, Memphis, Michigan and Florida at the time. Wow, you know, I, the, the the year preceding that and was it the year before or after? Yeah, both the, both the years before and after, those schools were all in the final fours, right. I believe it was. And and you know, I, I think if I was to you know make that decision again, I would have changed some things, but I wouldn't have changed it because Michigan's a bad school. Right. I just didn't look at depth chart I didn't look at you know style of play I didn't look at any of that nor did I have the guidance to really um you know help me along along that path so I, right. I think you know that's where the kids today are you know they're benefiting is that they have those we're more knowledgeable now and there's people like myself that have come back other coaches that have come back and played at those levels understand what goes into it now but as far as recruit the recruitment goes, I mean, that, that was an amazing time. Like, I was on top of the world. I was on top of Canada as far as basketball is concerned. Right. Um, you know, every every coach calling my home, every coach calling me and just singing praises, which obviously makes you feel, you know, great. It's actually, it actually motivated me as well to really just go do more work, 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 work. And I, I, I probably worked myself too much and didn't work smart at the time.
1: Well, you played four years in Michigan. Um, you were a captain in your senior year. You know, you take the squad to uh, the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, what are your what are your best memories being a Wolverine chef and just that time? You know, where a lot of players look back and they say, "Yeah, you know, that's maybe their favorite time in their career and their, and their best time." You know, what are your best memories uh, being at Michigan, man?
0: I think you know the first time stepping on campus and realizing, wait, I'm, I'm here, I'm living this. This is, this is fab five, Michigan. Right. But, you know, after that, I would say, uh, we played Duke my senior year and, uh, you know, I hadn't played much for John Beline up until that point. Um, obviously, you know, when I, when the coaching change happened in my sophomore year, going into my junior year, um, you know, Beeline had his own his own style of play, which I didn't necessarily fit into. We bumped heads at the time, but we grew. Our relationship grew. We understand each other. We understood each other later on, and even now we have a great relationship. Cool. Uh, and and I, underst- and I understand it now too. Looking back, it was you know, me one me being hard headed. Two, John he has to come in and 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 perform and produce and could put a, put a good product on the court. And I mean, it have fit his system at the time, being. Right come in and I'm, you know, coming from the old regime, but we had played Duke uh, mid-season. I think it was the Big Ten ACC Challenge, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it may have been Big Ten ACC Challenge, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, I think that was a turning point in our season, and I ended up starting that game. Somebody had been injured. One of our wings had been injured, ended up starting, and it was one of my better games. I think, you know I played a good chunk of the game and made some big plays on the stretch in which we ended up winning the game. And, you know, I believe there were t- maybe top two in the nation at that time. Okay. Um, and I just remember that after the game, the court, the fans just maze rage ran and jumped on the court, ran to crush the court. And for me, that was a moment that said to myself, you know, I can, p- I can play at this level. I can compete at this level. And even though I'm a senior, I hadn't played as much up until that point. And, you know, that was a real reassuring moment because this is Duke. Like, these guys are all leaving this year to go to the NBA. You know, right. what will be their first year, second year. They, these are all NBA guys. Uh, and it those, you know, Beeline always talks about this backdoor pass I made and thread the needle in the, to Deshaun Sims. Um in the, th- I believe it was the third quarter, which was a pivotal point of the game because we've been going back and forth. May have been the fourth quarter that really changed, you know, the the tempo of the game. And, and yeah, so I, I think that that memory there. And then you know we had the, the selection Sunday, selection Sunday, and you know just hearing our name called and and how the whole school received that because responded to that because we Michigan hadn't been to. The NCAA tournament in over a decade, I believe it was 11 years at that point. One, you know, the, the, the Fab Five um, scandal had, had happened. So the school's on probation for a bit right. and then, you know, hadn't played, hadn't been able to go to the tournament and then just hadn't made it for, for some years. So I think, you know, just that moment there and just being a part of history, I think, you know, even yourself, you still talk about senior year, captain team to a second year to a second um second round appearance in the NCAA tournament. Right. You know they've had some great years now, but that's always spoke of and I'm always referenced as you know captain that team there. So I think that that uh memory there sticks with me forever.
1: Awesome man. I mean you should be proud. I mean those are special times, right? Yeah. Um so you you finish up and you turn pro. Um did you get any NBA workouts?
0: I had some workouts. I had some workouts going into, and I think a lot of those workouts were still because, you know, one I was a good character person, as well as, you know, when I left Canada, I I left pretty high as, you know, the number one player in the country. I played in hoop summit, right. um, NBA camp. So that my name still probably resonated a bit with some of the executives and so forth, just to see, you know, what, what this kid's about or what happened over the years. Maybe it just wasn't the right fit. Uh, so I did have a couple workouts, and I'll be transparent with you. When my name wasn't called on draft night, even though I didn't have the greatest collegiate career. Right. in my mind, I still had hoop dreams. I still believed. I still remember, you know, shaking hands with some of these execs and saying, hey, you know, I remember Scott Perry, who was um, Detroit, who was the Detroit uh, GM at the time. Well, I'm not sure if he was GM or what position he was, but I remember him telling me, like, you're going to be all right, son. You're going to be all right. Nice. telling me, just really confirming to me, like you're an NBA player. Like we had uh, some other conversation as well, but you know, between Scott Perry and as well, some other um, NBA execs, I still thought I had a shot. So when I didn't hear my name called, despite the career I had or lack thereof at Michigan, I I was depressed. I was depressed. I, and I actually couldn't believe it. I I, I still remember my stomach dropping and feeling, you know, sick, but you have to bounce back, right? Like you're, 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 you're an athlete, you battle adverse times. Um, so I think that just comes with the territory. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, grateful for that experience, what I went through then, because it built me to be tougher. The toughness that I didn't have in college, it built me up to that person today that I can accomplish a lot of the things that I do now and just know that it's mind over matter.
1: Well, and I mean, you had, um, uh... Longevity overseas, Um, that's a career that uh, I think, you know, Canada basketball fans would celebrate in a a heartbeat. Um, You know, what are your – and you had a lot of stops. You played in Germany and Italy and Belgium and France, Mm -hmm. Netherlands. Um, You know, what are your best memories being over there and what are your your favorite stops playing overseas, man?
0: I think, you know, the memories there are always just the culture, just embracing the different culture and just being excited to learn – you know different styles and philosophies of basketball every year because the European style is completely different than the North American way of playing basketball. So, right. I felt like that that room for learning, the ceiling for learning, just was always raised every year, and that that made it exciting because it was something new. It was something new. Like in North America, we play a lot of pick and roll, right. uh, a lot of one on one basketball, whereas. You know, I had to learn what a skip pass was. I had to learn how to use, you know, play off the ball, be an off the ball threat. Learn a lot more team defenses and so forth. Uh, and then, you know, culturally, you know, the experience culturally is is invaluable. And just to be able to, you know, submerge myself and then learn from, you know, some of these other, you know, people, you know, foods, um, just way of way of life. I, I really enjoyed it. And then the fact that my my family was able to come over. Um, and, and my mom loved Italy. I love Italy, and that those experiences, I think, you know, are so valuable. Because who's to say, you know, my family would have been exposed to or been able to come, you know, to Europe and then just, you know, live, you know, take take a month off work and just come, embrace and and see a different way of life. Because, you know, this coming from my family, I'm first generation Canadian. My family's from Jamaica. Right. Um, you know, they never really had those those visions before. Maybe they did, but for it to become a reality uh, so fast for me, that that meant a lot.
1: No, that's cool, man. Uh, you know, a common theme for guys is um, when they're overseas. And on Canada Hoops, we, we like to talk Canada basketball and the program and the national team. So, you know, you've always made that effort to come back and, and play for the national team through the summers um, let's get into your time on the national team what um you know and you always answered the call you played over sixty games mm. uh, a true vet what are your uh, you know you've contributed so much to the program what are your best memories of suiting up for Canada every summer and you know maybe favorite teammates and just always always represent the nation man
0: it's camaraderie camaraderie you you know you can't ever say enough about that i remember there's times when you had leo on here as well where you know the program didn't have much funding and you know there's times where we're we're traveling to turkey and we're sleeping in in the airport in london on the floor on our bags our boot bag um and just build it like we were able to bond i think i was speaking to andy routin's uh, the other day too. And those, those are the, those are most memorable. Like we took, we went through a period where we took a lot of licks, like we weren't most talented team. Um, there was a lot going on behind the scenes as well, but you know, now when you, you know, you pick up the phone and, and one of your best friends is Andy Routins, One of your best friends is Jermaine Anderson, you know, Aaron Dornick can't message me the other day. And, and so forth. car English, we're always poking fun at each other. Yeah. Leo, Leo and Jay Triano are like father figures. It's, it becomes more than just basketball. Maurizio Ghirardini, um, you know, sent a nice message to, you know, congratulate me the other day. And there's all these people that have been involved have now just become a family. And we, you know, they, we went through some tough times. So I think, you know, when you're talking about the kind of basketball experience, uh, there was one, we came back to represent the country. Two, these were our brothers. This is what we knew. And these guys pushed each other to be better than than the other, like, you know, iron, irons she's, what is it, iron sharpens iron? So I think,
1: right.
0: you know, it is that. And then I think the, at the peak of that was playing in the world championship. If we were in Turkey and, and I think if I wasn't injured, I may have had an opportunity to play in the second one. And uh, this past, when was it? 2000 and the one that just passed recently. Um, and I think Kelly O'Linick and myself would have been the only ones because Kelly was the only one that played in both. Right. So it was, you know, that was, you know, that was a memory that will stick with me forever because I didn't get the opportunity to play in the Olympics. But for, as far as basketball is concerned, that's the, that's the epitome. That's the peak. That's the, um, as high as you're going to get, you have the, the world's best playing for the respective countries and, I still remember playing playing against all those guys: Lance Clay's, uh, um Rudy Fernandez at uh, that time, uh, Ricky Rubio, Mark Gasol. Right. Um, you know, so those those memories last forever.
1: What um, I know, you had a little uh, interview piece because you're you're doing it all these days, man. You're a media guy too, and you talk to a lot of the key guys um, for Canada at this point. Just about. You know, their, uh, their broader buy-in as a group, um, do you get a sense of that um, from a lot of the top guys? Like there's a uh, an overall buy-in from the guys with the program in terms of Absolutely. where the program's at?
0: Absolutely. I think not only is where the program's at, but you get to see what's at stake. Like we're playing for the Olympics now. Everybody dreams of the Olympics. All these guys grew up. You know, watching the Olympics, watching you know Vince Carter jump jump over Frank with uh, Frank White's. Yeah, we you know at the Olympics and so forth. So, um, I think when you understand what's on the table, and you know you have a great coach and coach nurse that's at the helm of this, it encourages all the guys to want to be on board. And like I said, I spoke to Boucher Shea and then Chris Boucher Shea Alexander, um, uh, Corey Joseph, who's been a lifer. For the national team and so forth. And, and, you know, they all share the same sentiments. It's, you know, now we, we, we need to be looking at podium, being, getting on the podium, meddling. And, and I think that's where, that's where the, the program is at. And that's where it's, where it's, the direction is headed.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I, I consider myself a bit of a lifer in terms of a fan and a supporter. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm excited myself and, uh, you know i think we should be expecting podium and you know things got to line up and guys can't always play and i would never fault a guy for not playing we all have responsibilities and commitments to our families um but you know and I, there, there's a lot of optimism right
0: there is there is and i think sometimes that's the notion that you know i i hate hearing and not, and, and you know me being in, in the media as well you know my efforts is to change that narrative because i think a lot of times you know Canada, you know, the, 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 sometimes we have a naive fan base um, in terms of or supporters right. in a sense and just assuming that these guys just don't want to play for their country right. uh, and, and so forth. And I think it is there's less of that and more of it. There's, there's a lot other more other variables. You have to think, you know, that this is these guys' livelihood. There's contracts on the table. They have families to feed as well as injuries. A lot of these guys are coming off a full 82-game season yeah. as well as playoffs. So just to roll over, and I know when you look at the other countries, you say, "Hey, well, some of them are," you know, a lot of other countries have their have their players as well. Well, you know, when you are looking at a lot of the European teams and so forth, there is a different culture that's built over there. You know, these guys have come up in that system and so forth. A lot of our talent has gone abroad uh, to really hone their skills and develop their developer game, which is changing now for the better. So I think, you know, when you are asking, you know. A, a, uh, Shay or Tristan or whoever maybe, I'm just throwing out names why yeah. they're not playing or and sometimes it may not be a priority because you know, they also didn't come up in the system to understand how much it means or the, the culture and, and so forth now we're starting to build a culture, now you see so I think we need to more credit those guys for what they're doing now and the culture that they're building as opposed to tear them down
1: No, I agreed, Uh you know I- I get a sense of a, a broader buy-in, so you know it gives everyone a lot of hope, right? Mm-hmm. All right, Shep, uh, you've played with a lot of guys in the program, mm-hmm. so this question—and you know all these cats—you um, know you're a legend with the program yourself. Give me, give me, uh, Shep's top five for Canada basketball.
0: Ooh, top five for Canada basketball.
1: Ooh, of all time,
0: man. Of all time.
1: And it's Shep's five. It's whoever he likes or, you know, maybe a guy I, that's know, always has, answered the call.
0: Steve Nash has is, is got to be in there. Yep. Um, Steve Nash is in there. I'm putting Jermaine Anderson in there because he's also been somebody that's been, you know, gave his all to the program. Yes, he has. Um, he took over his, the reins after Steve Nash as, as the point guard. And he's, he, you know, he's so selfless. Um so I think he has to be in there obviously he may not have accomplished the most as, as a team per se because those were some of the dark years right. um but you know you have to have those two there I think Leo yep. Leo's gotta be there that's that's three I'm putting myself in there oh boy I gotta I gotta put myself in, in that I like right it. One. uh and for the fifth. The fifth. That's tough. For the fifth, man, you put me on the spot.
1: There's a lot of good
0: ones. Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing. Man, this is tough. I got it. you know, I gotta leave that I gotta leave that spot open.
1: Okay, man. we'll, uh I'll
0: leave that spot open.
1: Maybe you think about it next time we have a chat or or, sure. hit it up, or hit it up on Twitter and say, Okay, Maddie, I know my five there.
0: For sure, for sure.
1: <laughs> it's all good. uh, well listen, man, you, you know you've 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 hung up the sneakers, um and you're a busy dude, man, and and I'm happy for you. It's exciting to see what's what's come your way, um, because you put the time into the game and you've you've given a lot to the game. Um I want to shout out, I got to shout out Jim Wrestling Joints, man. I mean, like, I love the pod. Um, I look forward to your, you guys' episodes. Um, I think it's a cool way to have everyone connect with you guys and, and, you know, you guys are bringing your stories and your expertise to it. So, um, you know, I appreciate what you and AR and Danny G are doing and um, it's exciting, man. That's, that's a cool venture for you guys.
0: Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Have Just having fun with it, man. I think you know, the media space is something that's sometimes been taken a bit too serious. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I think when you have guys that have, you know, played the game and, and now, uh, you know, have some experience on the business side, it can just speak to the game. Uh, you can have fun with it. You can have fun with it because sometimes it, it's a bit too tight. Uh, you can can be a bit lighter and just just have fun. Just enjoy it. I mean, but it's, it's sports. It's, it's meant to be fun. Right. Um. And then just, just speak to it. Just enjoy it.
1: Well, let me show you out to all uh, the Canada Hoops listeners. Make sure you uh, follow Jim Rats and Joints and download them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's a great podcast, and it's uh, Canadian basketball and uh, NBA. It's uh, guys that have played for Canada and uh, given a lot to the game. So make sure we uh, we give them a follow, everyone. Um, yes, sir. Uh, and you're a GM a of the CEBL i've like I've asked a few guys that have come on just with respect to the c e b l chef because I feel like the league is really important uh you know it's a, it seems like it's the strongest pro league we've had in Canada this far it, it uh it looks well run there's a really good uh buy-in and support from all the franchises um you know what are your thoughts on the league as a whole where the guys get the opportunity now to play at home, play in front of fa- front of friends and family. And then also um, just now your role as a GM, I mean, you're running a club and, um, you know, that's got to keep you busy. I know you're you're on the hunt for a new head coach too, right?
0: Yeah, no, I think the league is something that Canada's been needing for, you know, the longest. I think, you know, we, we've always had the talent, we've always had the players, and now just have our, our own domestic league, you know, pretty much owned by canadians ran by canadians for canadians is right. something that you you know can't be overlooked uh and i think you know the owner richard petko as well as commissioner mike Morelli have done an exceptional job in just putting together this this league putting together this product and i think this league is only going to grow it's only going to it's only going to grow bigger and better and, it, and it's going to be here it's here to stay And and you know, for myself and, and some of the guys that I spoke to, this would have been a great opportunity for us had we had this in you know in our prime to just um, play and compete against the highest level of talent within Canada and, and so forth. Because guys get to develop as well as you know now you know we've seen this off, off this past summer series alone right. uh, how much exposure some of these players got. A lot of them signed lucrative deals um, going forward for their winter seasons. Unfortunately. You know, we're dealing with the pandemic right now, so who knows how that's going to really turn out. But, um, you know, there's, that just goes to show where the game is at here and where it's where it's developing to, just to have that exposure and have all those players. You know, you have national team guys, you have former NBA guys, you have guys that, you know, had a cup of coffee in the NBA or so forth that are, you know, bouncing in and out of the league. So, you know, for, for that to be, you know, your, your rosters in year two says a lot, It speaks volumes on where the league is going.
1: No, it does. Uh, you know, I'm excited for the league. I think it's uh, a good opportunity for, um, you know, the players and also the Canadian basketball fans to support it too. I think it's it's up to us as a community to support it, to keep it successful. Mm-hmm. Um, with the GM role, Chef, was that something you were in your mind always thinking about and pursuing? Like, was that a, an avenue you definitely were looking at?
0: Well, I'll say this. I've always enjoyed, I'm not, I don't enjoy X's and O's, the X's and O's. I want to analyze the game. I want to break it down. I want to break players down. I want to be able to help them. And I want to put the puzzles together. So, you know, I think it fell right in line with, you know, the media, the media aspect as well, because, you know, my role in media was was analyzing, breaking down. Right. And so for basketball, NBA, whether it be NBA or Canadian basketball. Uh, And I think you you, you just get to transfer that over into, you know, a specific team, a specific club and putting it together now. So was it something that I woke up and said, hey, that I want to do? But I, no, I, it wasn't. But I always knew I had interest in, in scouting, recruiting, developing, and, it, you know, that it, that encompassed that. So it was a perfect opportunity. And then it was also in the nation's capital. So and I think the, the biggest thing for me uh, that was enticing and learning was the fact that, you know, I'm able to – grab at resources to provide these players even beyond basketball and i think that was most important because you know my transition has been was in, has been smooth and, and, and seamless in a sense but it may not be for all for all and i want to be able to provide a platform a space for those athletes after basketball as well that we can you know do some things and and, and help them in their careers after after sport
1: well that's cool man uh, you know I get a sense from everything you talk about and you say, whether it's on the pod or social media is, you know, you're, you're about the people, man, and you're giving back and you're, and you're contributing. So we appreciate that, man.
0: Absolutely. No problem.
1: Well, Shep, I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I was looking forward to it. Um, I enjoy your stuff. I enjoy your career. Um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best to you and your family.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, see, I mean, I'm actually in my son's room right now. I did. I have to run away from him, get out of the office and get find no, something you know, without where he's not gonna be noisy,
1: I like it, man. Uh, you know, Canada Hoops is a family affair for my family and I, man. We, we keep it real, man. It's just, it is all what right. it is. So, uh, listen, we appreciate you coming in. And again, uh, you'll always be a friend of Canada Hoops, man. Uh, and wish you all the best, man.
0: I appreciate you guys having me.
1: All right, man. Thank you. All right, boss. All right, that's a wrap on another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Javon Shefford for pulling up. I want to thank you for listening. We appreciate the continued support. Don't forget you can follow Canada Hoops Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Download us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm your boy, Maddie. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.